Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in UCLA. I'm your host, Travis Reed, and today. I got a special guest, a friend of mine, who we do a couple couple things together. I've been on his show. Uh, you, you know, you can catch him on. He'll go over his show. You know, I, I came on the show this uh, this week as a special guest. And as a favor, he came on my show, and I appreciate him for coming on. We also have commentated games together in a 50 and up adult league, and we have great chemistry in that as well. Um even though he's a USC guy, I appreciate him as a person, you know, uh, even though he went to the second, our, you know, the the Clippers to the Lakers, you know. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but uh, I want to introduce my friend, uh, Mr. Nara Wang. Uh, how are you doing? I am all right. I don't know if we can be friends after that introduction <laughs> about the Clippers and the Lakers here, though. Come on. Come well, look, on, Travis. You can reverse that because SC would be the Lakers in football, and then and then UCLA would be the Clippers in football. But UCLA is the Lakers in basketball, and SC is the Clippers in football. Well, <laughs> in I basketball. don't know about that. Based on how things have gone, we have been very even in the last twenty matchups. It's ten and ten on both sides. We've won five out of the last eight. I know you got the last three in a row, but we got the five before that. So <laughs> I don't know if it's Clippers and Lakers. And and right now, I, maybe it's better to be the Clippers. Well, until they win a championship, <laughs> okay? Until they win the big one. Yeah, it's better. You know, it's like when, you know, and I love UCLA football, until they win a big bowl game, they're still not at sea, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and that's how, you know, that's how I kind of feel about that. But obviously, we'll see what happens, you know, in the future. And I'm just excited to see what happens. But um, we're going to get right into it, you know. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how the season's going. I want to see, I want to hear your thoughts, how uh, SC season going in your, in your, in your head. And then I'll go over UCLA and I, I, I'll let you know how we're going. SC is 14 and 6. Uh, if you want to say their highlight win is against Auburn, because uh, Auburn is number seventeen in the country, I believe, and they're having a good season. Thing like like we talked about, third in the Pac twelve. I think um, they beat Arizona State, who was second place. So I think they're on the right track, and you know I, I think they're going to be winning, you know, minimum about twenty one games this year. It's just that they got to have a big signature win besides the Auburn win on their resume. But what do you think about their season in basketball so far? Yeah, I would be on the pessimistic side, I think. We do have that big win against Auburn that happened on the home floor at Galen Center during the non-conference season. And that, along with the road win that the Trojans just picked up in Tempe, those are the only two quad one wins for USC so far this season. So when you're looking at it, to me, if I'm the NCAA tournament committee, I think the resume is a little thin. They had two great chances to pick up wins in the Bahamas 
in the battle for Atlantis, but they blew it against Wisconsin and they blew it against Tennessee. And so now I feel that SC has to beat UCLA and or Arizona at least once. So one out of those four games against UCLA and Arizona, the Trojans have to win. They've already missed on two of the opportunities. They have two more starting with the game on Thursday night at home against UCLA before that final weekend against the Arizona schools. And they might be playing for their tournament lives in that final weekend, especially if they can't beat UCLA here at Galen center on the second game of the crosstown showdown this season. So 14 and six, they've been good at home. They beat up on a lot of non-conference teams that weren't that good in their big non-conference matchups. The only one they won was Auburn. So I am a little pessimistic about USC's chances for the NCAA tournament. Now that second half in the first matchup against UCLA makes me feel like SC does have a chance to beat a UCLA because of how they came back. But then you look at the way they finished that game. You look at the way they finished the Arizona state game where they were up 24 and let Arizona state go on a 16 0 run to finish that game and make it dicey there at the end. I'm just not sold on SC, but the big X factor in all of this is the freshman Vince Iwuchukwu. Now that he is back in the fold, getting some more minutes, he finally got into double-figure scoring in that game against Arizona State. Maybe that's going to help USC out going on for the rest of the season and kind of give an extra spark and extra talent because we know he's talented, five-star recruit. And that can maybe twist things in my mind, but... As we stand up today, if you're asking me, is USC an NCAA 2A tournament team at this point? I'm saying no, unfortunately. No, I can understand that. I think you, you got to have at least, I, and this is just me. I don't you know how the NCAA does it, but I would say minimum three signature wins of the year. You got to have three signature wins if you want to, you know, and 20 plus wins to get a bid in the tournament. Now, SC has one signature win so far, but you're probably right. They probably have to beat uh, either UCLA or Arizona in the regular season or in the Pac-12 tournament. So, and in uh, that, I, that would guarantee them a spot. I think that would make them in between an eight and ten seed, or eight and eleven seed, brother. Um. You know, instead of like the you know the last four in type of thing, if they don't get another win, I think they're fighting in that last four in, and you don't want to leave it up to the you know you don't want to be like biting your nails <laughs> on tournament selection Sunday. You want to just know that you're in. Yeah, uh, which which I think no matter what, it's gonna be nail biting time on selection Sunday for USC because it tends to be that way anyway. There have been years where I thought we were comfortably in the tournament and lo and behold, they aren't in the tournament or they get a really low seed. So I am not sold on the NCAA taking care of USC. I'll put it that way. I don't want to get in too much trouble here, Travis. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. Um, well, well, I can agree with you. And I think we'll see what happens. 
As far as uh, for UCLA goes, they're 17 and three. They're ranked number seven in the country. Um, they were top five, obviously losing to Arizona in a tough one last week. It was a slugfest. I talked about it on the show where it was 26 to 23 at the halftime and nobody could hit a shot. You know, uh, Boa, Boa got into foul trouble. Um, Jaime's couldn't hit shots. Clark was missing a lot of shots. Tiger couldn't hit shots. It was just a real slugfest, physical. Uh, refs let a lot, lot go in that game. Arizona pulls away uh, late. Both big men have double doubles for for Arizona. Balo and I don't want to butcher his name. I can't even think of Tatis or Julius Tubelis. Tubelis, there we go. Tubelis, both have. Tupelas has 15 and 10. Uh, uh, Balo has 16 and 10. Somebody to 16 and 12. And we all know that Arizona kind of runs their offense through their big men. And so to beat Arizona, you have to make their guards beat you. They have a shooter. They have a couple shooters and Kirk Kleza and the wing players. But I, I feel I would feel comfortable with them shooting rather than the big man getting inside, doing a lot of high-low stuff, which they do. Um, and so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in, you know, in Poly at the Galen center, um, uh, for the, for the final, final regular season weekend. I think that's going to be a tough matchup for Arizona on Thursday against you guys, because they're going to be looking ahead to the big showdown versus UCLA, the rematch, and they could lose you, lose to you guys in the trap game. Those trap games are always hard because one team has nothing to lose. One team is looking ahead. And so sometimes you lose those trap games going into the big game. So we'll see. Yeah, and that's happened before to Arizona where I believe the year that they were trying to go for the perfect Pac-10 season. I don't think it was Pac-12 yet. They were trying to go for a perfect conference season, and they had the final weekend in L.A. against SC and UCLA and everyone was looking forward to that final game of the season between the Wildcats and the Bruins and they forgot about the Trojans and (laughs) SC pulled off a huge upset to I think Arizona I don't think Arizona was one or they might have been two in the country when that happened I don't remember exactly but yeah they had a perfect conference going and it was SC that broke it up because maybe they were looking ahead but I don't want to rely on that, Travis. I want to take care of business here at home against your Bruins. And I'm just, all these games between SC and UCLA are slugfests. They're basically get into the 60s type of game. And whoever happens to shoot better on that night tends to be the winner. And even sometimes that isn't the case because USC shot 47% at Pauly, held UCLA to 34.5%, and lost the game. Now, part of the problem is that USC cannot shoot from long distance. Three-point shooting for SC is miserable. I mean, it's unbelievable how... And and the contrast is between how bad they are at shooting threes versus how they let their opponents hit at such a high level of threes because opponents are shooting basically 45 and a half percent from three against USC this season. 
And mm-hmm. so when you give up a lot of threes, you give up a lot of offensive rebounds, it's hard to consider that a recipe for success. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. In this day and age, the three is a lot of three is almost everything. So it can negate a big lead. It can turn a small lead to a huge one. And you have to be able to hit out, hit outside shots consistently. So teams won't pack the paint. But if you're not shooting the three well and you're giving up the three, that's a recipe for disaster on any team because you can't score enough. Um, You'll always be like 60, 70, 70, 80, where it's, you're not scoring enough points because you can't generate the outside shot. So every bucket is a hard bucket, you know, a hard layup or a hard foul or whatever the case is. So, yeah, and like you said, UCLA and SC games are slugfest. You know, last game was a slugfest at Poly. The fact that, you know, it was 44 to uh, 26 at the half, and then essentially in 19 minutes, uh, UCLA scores 12 points. You know, SC just completely locked and shut them down. They couldn't hit a sign of a barn, you know. And that's why I think that game could get SC confidence because they could say, look, we should have won that poly. If if Jalen Clark doesn't hit the outside three with seconds to go or whatever it was, um, we might win. So they should come into this game with confidence. And I think they will. So it's going to be another slugfest. Like I said, I I predicted uh, 65 to 60 UCLA. But I wouldn't be surprised if SC won. So it's one of those things. It's definitely one of those things that uh, I'm interested to see what happens tomorrow. And I'm ready. I'm ready for the game to start right now. And yeah, I need to correct my numbers. I was looking at the wrong set of numbers there from my on my part. So SC is only shooting 31.8% from three and allowing opponents 33.3%. So not great, but they're still in their losses, especially not doing well from the three point. The 45% shooting is actually USC's regular field goal percentage. And that's what I was getting confused because I was getting ahead of myself is that USC shoots a great field goal percentage overall, 45.6%, but they only shoot under 32% from three-point land. So that was where I got jumbled up. Where The point I was trying to make is that SC is great at shooting twos. They are not great at shooting threes, but they tend to allow teams to shoot threes, and then they're not good at getting defensive rebounds letting teams get too many offensive rebounds in that first game at Poly, USC had a ridiculous 16 offensive rebounds in that game. Like, how is that possible that you give up 16 offensive rebounds in a game to another team? So I agree. I think USC, if they can play the defense, anything close to what they showed in that second half against UCLA, they'll be in the game. But I think UCLA was also tricked by that huge 18-point halftime lead into thinking that, ah, SC is done. We're just going to take them here at Pauly. They're going to roll over, and SC didn't roll over. And so that's what still worries me. I kind of agree with you. I think the game's going to be in the 60s like so many of these SC-UCLA games have been since Mick Cronin became 
the Bruins head coach. And I don't know that I'm going to give a score, but I do think that unfortunately I want to be wrong, but I think SC is going to fall short against UCLA because that's what they seem to do this season in these matchups against these good teams. Well, like I said, that's why you play the game, and I'm interested to see what happens. I think uh, SC, if you if you about that, if you you know you're a tournament team, this is the kind of game you need to win. Period. I and, agree. You know, you never like I tell I've told I think I've told you this, but I've spoken to this before. The best teams in the Pac-12, the best, the top two, three teams, more two than three, like. They never lose at home, and they split on the road always and maybe sweep some road games. So they end up 13-5 and or 14-4 and instead of 12-7, and right, or 11-7. and So you, in order to be the best, in order to be that top three mark, SC has to win games like this. You have to beat the UCLA's, Arizona's to be at that mark at that maybe 12 and five, you know, whatever. Cause right now, you know, they've lost three games. It's like I said, they're still in third place. I think they'll end up in third place behind Arizona UCLA. So it's, it would be good for their confidence moving forward. If they can win, especially coming up with the Washington's and Washington state coming up uh, next week, you know, for, for games that they should win both of. Right, and that's a thing, too, that it becomes critical now. You can't lose these games at home to these bad opponents because what's left for UCLA and USC at home are the Washington schools, the Bay Area schools, and then the Arizona schools. And then Mm -hmm. in between all those, there's road trips up to the Oregon schools and the Mountain schools. So especially like UCLA and Arizona, they're basically – in the tournament. Like we don't have to worry about you guys are playing for where your seating is essentially, but for a team like USC, that's fighting to get in the tournament, you can't lose the home games against the Washington schools and Cal and Stanford. You have to at worst split against Arizona and Arizona state. And in reality, I think you have to kind of almost get both, especially if USC doesn't get this win at home against UCLA. And then on the road, you have to beat the lesser of those teams on the road, which would be Oregon State and I guess Colorado between Utah and Colorado right now, but that's kind of tight. And then y- you need the win. You need to beat an Oregon. You need to beat a Utah. I, you need those big quad one victories to burnish the resume. And like, you're saying that if SE gets 20 wins or so, they could, I, I think it's the problem is it's, it's the quality of the wins that yeah. SE needs. They need yeah. the big quality wins and then maybe they can get in with the 22 win season. But if it's 22 wins and there's no UCLA, there's no Arizona, you lose to Oregon, you lose to Utah. I don't know that that gets SE in. And that's just what I'm worried about right now with this team. No, I definitely agree with you on that. I think, um, you know, they have to get at least one call to do when they have opportunities to, they have, like you said, minimum three, the four minimum three, but four opportunities to get a big win. Um, 
because they can play one of them, either UCLA or SC. I mean, UCLA or Arizona in the Pac-12 tournament. So they got, obviously, tomorrow, UCLA. They got, you know, Arizona, Arizona, you know, at the end of the year. And they could have UCLA or Arizona in the Pac-12, depending on where their seedings at and what happens. So I'm interested to see what happens. But uh, as a Bruin fan, I think we all know what's going to happen. <laughs> but ah. we're, we're, we're going to end it. On some, you know, going back a little bit, you know, uh, now run he he knows, you know, like the the history of the UCLA SC uh, tradition and and the rivalry that's that's been these two schools for a long time. Um, when I played SC, I mean UCLA, uh, we were undefeated. We never lost to SC, even though SC had a great team. With you know Sam Clancy and Jeff Chapange and David Blumenthal and Brandon Granville and Scott Brian Scalabrini, like it was some wars because SC had you know three four NBA guys on their team. Period. You know Clancy and Scalabrini was basically they're both NBA guys. Jeff Chapange was an NBA guy. They had some talent on those teams, and so it's interesting to see you know like. Even now, it's still a rivalry all the way back then, even before then. Because when I was coming up, I used to watch Harold Miner and Robert Pack, Lorenzo Orr for SC go against Tracy Murray. Shout out to Tracy Murray, Don McClain, you know, and the Eminem boys. And just like, it used to be battles, you know, back in the day. Yeah, you had to bring up that you were undefeated against SC when you're during your two years at UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh. And again, your your freshman year was my senior year at USC, and so I remember those games very vividly. I we got destroyed at Pauley, and then the game at the Sports Arena. That's right, the Sports Arena, which doesn't exist anymore for all you young people. <laughs> It is now the, and they just changed the name of it. It's the BMO Stadium, formerly Bank of California Stadium, down there by the Coliseum. And yeah, it was an overtime loss in uh, my senior year. And I, I brought this up when I had you on for the first time on my show. And I guess I'll expose your UCLA fans listening on your podcast to it. But I was the class of 98 at USC, the only class in USC history never to beat UCLA in football or men's basketball. Oh, that's, that's the, that's the stain. That's the stain on my record. My, my class of 98, the only class in USC history that never won a game in football and men's basketball against UCLA. So that is unfortunately the history that I dealt with as a student is that we couldn't beat UCLA. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know that. That was a heck of a heck of a statement. I just remember when I was at UCLA those those couple of years, we had Kate McNown and you know, we were going to Rose Bowls. We went to the Rose Bowl in ninety eight, went to the Cotton Bowl in ninety seven, um or ninety nine and ninety eight rather, sorry. Um and so like we were really good. We were top four in the nation. But the funny thing was our loss against Miami started their run. They had, you know, we are, we had a game against Miami football, got rescheduled because of a hurricane or something like that. We were in a national championship race. And then they had, you know, obviously all that talent, Ed Reed and, 
you know, Vince Woolfork and all those NFL guys, and they smoked UCLA, and they wasn't even ranked that year. They were all freshmen. And I remember, like, we lost, and we went to the Rose Bowl, lost to Wisconsin and uh, the Heisman Trophy winner, Dang, Ronald Dang. Ron anyway, Dang. Ron Dang, the running back. We lost. And SC at that time had a friend of mine on the team, R.J. Sauer from Fontana High School. Uh, but yeah, they were they didn't have the talent that SC UCLA was getting at that time. So yeah, for those years, it was a little bit of a domination factor. Uh, but you know, things changed. You know, it, it, I mean, because when you guys were Pete Carroll in football, you know, you we would we would beat you every once in a while, but you guys are usually smacking us. So. Um, I love. Yeah, I just, I, I just didn't get to experience it as a student. Yeah. <laughs> hey. That's that's the problem. I just, I experienced pain and disappointment. <laughs> I mean, I remember as a freshman, the football game was at the Rose Bowl, and I remember walking out. We lose the game, and I see USC fans, students, crying. They're seniors, and so they're crying because they haven't beaten us usc that had then lost four straight games to ucla in the rivalry in football in fall of 94 that was my freshman year Mm -hmm. and so i'm walking out i'm seeing seniors crying leaving the rose bowl and i'm like that's not gonna be me (laughs) you know like i'm not we're not gonna lose four straight years to ucla like that's not gonna happen and guess what? I lost four straight years to UCLA in football. And not only that, I also lost four straight years in every men's basketball game on top of that. So it was a bad time. It, I, I was there for the worst four years of USC athletics. Wasn't right. the worst four years of football because mm-hmm. we had Keyshawn Johnson my first two years and won a Cotton Bowl and a Rose Bowl with mm-hmm. Keyshawn on the team. Right. And then football fell off you know, the cliff after that. But in overall athletics, I was there for the worst four years of USC athletics. Already mentioned not beating UCLA in men's basketball and football. And we only had two national titles in the entire four years. My junior year, women's swimming and diving. And then my senior year, the baseball team won the College World Series. Nowadays, if they don't win two national titles in a year, let alone a semester, like it's like, what happened? You know? <laughs> Well, yeah, I think um, you know, you go everybody goes through down years. I mean, you know, we went through a couple down years ourselves, <clears throat> you know, uh UCLA. So it's just not as many down years, maybe, you know. Um so like I said, I think uh it's okay. Like I said, now you guys are up in both sports. The men's team is, you know, good in basketball. Obviously the football team is pretty good. And so we're both we're we're tied at the hip because we're both going to experience that Big Ten together, and uh, we'll right. see, you know we will see what happens in the future. Um, you know, uh, I would say this in football with people that don't know UCLA. I mean UCLA got the number three uh, recruit in the country overall, dual quarterback, and SC got the number one player in the country quarterback coming in. So I'm thinking, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be some good rivalry games in the future to come. Yeah, it should be fun. I mean, it looks like finally Brian uh 
and I'm Brian. What am I saying? Uh, Chip Kelly is finally established at UCLA. How do you feel about that? I mean, when you bring in a guy like Dante Moore, big recruit, that's that's going to keep him around, yeah, right? I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was shocked because Kelly is usually – Chip is more uh, – he's – He's transfer. He's transfer portal, you know, uh, coach. He doesn't necessarily get the top recruits. He gets the transfer portals, you know. Like their best player on their team, uh, Charbonnet, the running back, was what a transfer, Michigan transfer, you know. And a lot of their players came from, you know, Jake Bobo transfer, you know. Like the guy, their players are transfer players. So um, when he they said that he flipped from Oregon to UCLA. I was shocked because, like I said, that was – I couldn't believe it, you know. I knew that I knew that your coach uh, would get players and talent to come to SC. SC kind of recruits itself. But the fact that Chip got the number three player in the country to flip from Oregon to UCLA, that's huge. That is huge. And I think that establishes for the next three, four years or however many he plays that UCLA is going to be good as well as SC. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Got one more year of Caleb before he goes to the NFL, and hopefully that'll be the internship year for Malachi <laughs> Nelson to learn from the great Caleb Williams and be ready to go as a sophomore. Or I guess technically they'll redshirt him probably, and he'll be a redshirt freshman. Not that that matters. If he's good enough, he'll be gone in three years anyway, no matter if he played three or only played two. So. I think it's exciting times. It's going to be interesting to see how the move to the Big Ten affects how they do in having to travel to a lot of cold weather places and and honestly how it's going to do in all these other sports, really. I think it's going to have more of an effect on the other sports uh, right away than it is on football. Agreed. We, obviously, we talked about it on your show. Uh, you know, like football is, like I said, probably going to end up being four super conferences, four or five super conferences where it's 20 teams in each, 18 to 20 teams in each. And all the big schools are going to just be all in one, you know, like big, you know, they're going to be just in these four conferences. That's why the 12 team playoffs actually make sense because now you get like just the best 12 instead of just, you know, the four and maybe five could have been in six and whatever it is. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, Um, you know, as far as both schools, how UCLA and SC going to the Big Ten affects them, like you said. Because I feel like as a basketball player, you know, going to Rutgers and, you know, Connecticut, not Connecticut, uh, Rutgers and just like, you know, Penn State and all these places is going to be interesting because I'm going to be going to school for like a week. You know, Michigan, Michigan State, those Ohio State, like all these schools that are way far east coast, I'm not gonna just fly there and fly back. I'm probably gonna be there for like minimum two games, maybe even three. So I, I'm gonna definitely get that NBA lifestyle kind of. <laughs> all right, I see you in two weeks, mom. You know, kind of thing. So, and maybe you know, that's how they're gonna sell it to recruits. Like, hey, you want to go to the pros? You're gonna experience it like a pro. Yep, agree. And so, like I said, we'll see what happens. Um, but I want to say, you know. Thank you for coming on, Nara. Like, you know, for coming on to the show. Um, I just wanted to get the fans, you know, like a little bit of a preview of the game. And like obviously, and just go over the history of UCLA and USC. 
Um, and also talk about, obviously, we talked about football. We talked about the basketball. We talked about the schools. Had a lot of different subjects on for this special special broadcast today. And like I said, I appreciate you coming on the show. Please let the people know where they can follow you, find you, find your show. Yeah, obviously, it's the Believe in Everything USC podcast. So if all you Bruin fans ever want to hear how the other side is thinking, you can (laughs) go find it wherever you get your favorite podcast or at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, just like you find Travis's shows. And for me personally on social media, I'm on Twitter. Find and follow me at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. And it's always great to talk to you about this rivalry. I know we come at it from the opposite sides, but we find a way to get through it and still have a friendship throughout. Agreed. I think um, you're civil, you know, like you're not obnoxious. And that's why I can talk to you. Some SC guys are ridiculous. And so I respect you being a professional to actually, you know, like criticize when schools you know your school's going good and bad um so that's why i say like we can get along some sc fans oh god you just oh i mean let me tell you something i must have got five texts from my boy jeff chapange about the sc game after the game like what's up what happened ucla oh oh god jeff (laughs) you know shout out to jeff good morning just my my guy though just my guy I was like, I didn't want to hear it. Him and Sam was both texting me. I was, oh God, dude. I just, I just, oh, I didn't want to talk to them for like a week. <laughs> and I can say that there are Bruin fans who are just as obnoxious coming back. <laughs> Believe me, I know. I've had to deal with that before. <laughs> so definitely, definitely, I, I respect you and respect everything you're doing. So yeah. Want to say thank you for come on, coming on the show. You can find me, uh, follow me at Travis uh, W. Reed on Instagram. That's R-E-E-D, Travis W. And on Facebook, Travis W. Reed. Um, I post all my social medias on both those sites. So if you're looking for that, please, uh, like I said, please check in and take a listen. I'll be posting not only uh, this interview tomorrow, but I'll be also posting uh Nara's page you know like his interview as well uh so we can you can click on both interviews and the simultaneously you know like oh I want to see what Travis is talking about we'll see what I was talking about on on both their both our respective shows so like I said thank you for coming on and we will see you next week Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.